Blog Talk Radio. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, and that uh, music can only mean one thing. We are only a few short weeks, just about only a month left until ASW presents Anniversary 20. Obviously, that's the uh, official song of ASW 20 and uh, adrenalizing all of our journeys to uh, the anniversary show. Here tonight, ladies and gentlemen, I have a guest uh, host, so to speak, a man we haven't seen since ASWF Heartbreak, Mr. Brad Hicks. Brad, how are you doing tonight? Oh, not too bad. Enjoying uh, this lovely weather that's about to change on us, but uh, the action couldn't get any hotter this weekend. Is, Of course, like you said, being February is a short month, we're a little less than, well, excuse me, a little less, a little more than a month away, maybe, what, a month and a couple of days, maybe a week away from the anniversary show, so every single show inside the Valiant Arena uh, is, is going to be hot, but uh, apparently and obviously they get a little bit hotter as uh, people buy for spots and, and, and billing inside the uh, anniversary show. And you are right about that, Brad. And real quickly, before we get into the last show's card and start uh, reminding everybody what happened uh, two weeks ago, uh, go ahead and give the fans some insight. What's it like here, you know, with about 30 days left locker room like? What is it like personally as a, uh, you know, an executive inside of the ASWF? What is it like knowing that the anniversary show is right around the corner? Well, you know, um, kind of fortunate and unfortunate. I've, uh, and, and unfortunate in the aspect of what I used to be, but, you know, fortunate enough to have experienced three anniversary shows, uh, you know, inside the locker room. Um, right now you're, you're nervous. Um, you're planning, you're watching and, you know, you're, you're positioning, you're jockeying for a spot. Um, you know, like, and in my case, you know, uh, I'm fortunate enough to be associated or allowed to be associated, but with, with, uh, D Mike, um, and D Mike obviously, uh, went out and, and jockeyed his own position and, and attained, uh, you know, the, uh, a spot in the evolution title chase, you know, as a number one contender. Um, so, you know, you go in with, with preparation, you know, a lot of meetings, a lot of talking, Obviously, you know, a gifted and talented athlete like that, um, 
knows what needs to be done, and, and you also you you there's some cautious optimism, but but a lot of of cautious uh, maneuvering because you don't obviously want to suffer any injury um, before the the show, and unfortunately with with guys uh, like the infamous Ink running around the ASWF now and seemingly getting stronger and stronger. Um, you you have to be careful what you do. Now, obviously, you don't back down from infamous things, um, but in, in the same regard, you have to be weary of <clears throat> what situations you put yourself in. Um, so I'd say it's a it's a mixed bag of emotions going into to a, a big show like this, especially you know a twentieth year show. I mean, they're all important. But, I mean, we're talking about one of those big, fat, even numbers, you know, the the 20, um, which is, you know, a lot better than, than a lot of promotions can say uh, in the state and, and honestly around uh, the United States and in the indie scene. 20 years is a long time to sustain success, and especially when that success just keeps rising. Um, plus, you're taking a break, you know. I mean, these guys have been competing for, what, six or seven shows in a row now without a break. So it was good to have that week off and uh, in between, you know, heartbreaking this one or whatever. And, and now you're just focused on getting to uh, April the 6th, getting there healthy and ensuring that you have the matchup that you, you know, that you're looking for. So, you know, it's just a lot of, a lot of maneuvering. Right. And I can certainly agree. And there was a lot of maneuvering at our last show, you know, coming off the heels of ASWF Heartbreak, we saw a lot of maneuvering going on inside of the uh, ASWF. And like you said, a lot of jockeying for position. Everybody wants to be on that ASWF anniversary card for their chance to notch their place in history. Uh, You know, we saw, you mentioned earlier that D-Mike qualified for a special uh, contest uh, with the Evolution title on the line at the anniversary show. Another man notched uh, his qualification, and we're going to get into that uh, a little bit later, but another man uh, in the semi-main event notched his place in that match as well. And it's a man that uh, everybody in this, uh, everybody in the ASWF a little bit familiar with. Uh, But we started things off with uh, what we thought was going to be a singles contest, a one-on-one contest between uh, C.J. Jenkins, the undeniable C.J. Jenkins, and the psychotic savior, uh, Cataclysm, who, uh, you know, obviously the spiritual leader somewhat of the Manai, but he's kind of seemed to lose his way ever since becoming the ASWF Tag Team Champion. And, you know, a lot of that can be attributed to his association with one uh, the Aztec warrior Elray. Well, I mean, I I told you a couple of weeks ago that I I saw <clears throat> seeds of dissension in there, you know, and um, it, it apparently seems like Elray has completely lost his mind at this point, and I don't know if he's blaming Cataclysm for something or if he's just ha- I don't know. I mean, you know, when you're tag team champions and and you're a throw together like the two of them seem to be, um, you know, I don't see Cataclysm 
with being very egotistical as far as you know, uh I don't see him taking the, the tag team but maybe El Ray took that tag team title to his head and and, and maybe he believes that he was a, a majority uh reason that, that he they had the t- I don't know. Um, a lot of questions to be answered, but uh, you know what 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 occurred this past or the, the last show was was beyond belief for me. But I mean, it is the ASWF, so anything's bound to happen. One, I mean, you're right; it was beyond belief. Elray coming out obviously in the middle of the well, once again we thought was going to be a one-on-one contest, and uh, sticks his nose in Cataclysm's business. And uh, it turns into a a handicap match of sorts. And, you know, I mentioned that Cataclysm seems to have fallen on hard times. And, you know, absolutely the complete opposite for the Aztec Warriors since winning the Tag Team Championships. I could be wrong, uh, but short of losing the Tag Team titles at heartbreak to the Titans of Violence, I believe that was his first loss and only loss since winning those tag team titles and gaining them for, uh, at that time, what we call Taco Hell. And, you know, it seems like he, you know, you hit the nail on the head almost. It seems like El Rey thought that Cataclysm was the weak link. And it almost seems like he thought that Cataclysm cost him his opportunity, his one shot at glory you know, and possibly cost him that big payday we mentioned earlier and notching his place in history on that anniversary 20 card. Right. And I mean, if, if, and see, I don't see it that way. I don't honestly see where Cataclysm was the reason that they, I mean, let's be honest, the Titans of Violence are just. They are that. I mean, whether you like them or you hate them, whether you agree with what they do or whether you don't agree with what they do, and I tend not to agree with some of the tactics they employ, but uh, whether you disagree or agree with them, you have to respect them. Um, you know, they're, they're really uh, one of those teams where you – I think they keep you up at night if, if, you, if you're in a matchup with them – uh, you know, at any point in the near foreseeable future. But I don't think that Cataclysm was the weak link. Like I said, I think uh, I think what we're seeing is uh, something inside of Elway uh, that, that's not very good right now. And, and I would hope that maybe he comes around, but it doesn't appear to be. And uh, it honestly appears like he and Cataclysm are on a collision course uh, and it's going to be one of those things, Michael, where, you know, it's going to be that train wreck that you don't really want to watch or see the aftermath of, excuse me, but you can't take your eyes off of it. And I completely agree with that as far as that goes. You know, uh, Cataclysm, like we said, you know, uh, Elray appears to blame Cataclysm for the loss, but I don't put the loss of the tag team titles on uh Cataclysm, obviously. You know, Elray, if anything, in my opinion, should be thanking Cataclysm for the opportunity to have held those tag team titles. Because if you remember, had it not been for Elray cashing in a favor from Cataclysm, 
and that favor obviously being his tag team partner, El Rey may not be have even been a ta- one half of the tag team champions. So, you know, that's certainly something. But, you know, El Rey has developed this mean streak of sorts. And like you said, you know, I believe the exact opposite. I don't believe that the psychotic savior let the tag team titles go to his head. I believe we're seeing a situation where El Rey, the Aztec warrior, uh, allowed the tag team titles to go to his head and the publicity and the, you know, the accolades that come along with that title reign. And I mean, you know, you know, the other caveat that you could throw in there is that, um, you, you know, you have a, obviously the crowd, uh, the crowd favorite, you know, the crowd favors who they want to favor, but, uh, you know, obviously the crowd, you know, has been really big and high on on the Manai and and Cataclysm and Ace Morta and the Unhinged Wheel Cage uh, for the longest time, and maybe just maybe that uh, you know, Cat, uh, excuse me, El Ray uh, started to get a little jealousy in him. You know, I mean, maybe he realized that. You know the crowd loved him. I, I think the crowd loved him. I mean, I used I would listen to the reaction when they would come out. But obviously, you know, there's going to be favorites, and then there's going to be those that they like, but not as much as this guy. And maybe that's gotten to El Ray. I don't know, Michael. Um, you know, I, I wish I knew the answers to a lot of things, but uh, you know that that just throwing that out there, I don't know. I really just there's it, it's blows my mind as to how things have turned so quickly as they have between those two because I really thought that there was some chemistry building there but boy was I wrong (laughs) right and I mean that's the thing you know you never know when it could go wrong for a team or even just a singles wrestler competing in the ASWF and you mentioned earlier the Titans of Violence, and both of them were in uh, singles contests this past uh, this past show, uh, both against members of a team. And I want to get your thoughts on this, both against a member of a team that a lot of people are questioning where they belong. Or heading into this match, they were questioning where these guys belonged in the tag team rankings after losing yet another opportunity at the Tag Team Champions, obviously referring to uh, Justin and Daniel, the Vinson brothers. But, uh, you know, Heinzman stepped into this non-title contest singles match, and he actually lost this matchup to Justin. Very impressive uh, what Justin was able to accomplish in this matchup. But first off, I want to get your thoughts on, you know, the fans questioning where do the Vincents belong at this point in the ASWF tag team rankings? I mean, I would say that that if you, I mean, the Vincent brothers belong at the top of the list. Um, you know, obviously they haven't had a whole lot of success in the recent past, but I mean, they've had some success in, um, you know, since becoming a tag team and debuting in the ASWF. I believe that they've showed their worth and, you know, their merit inside the tag division. And I would easily say that, you know, if not a number one, they could be a 1-1-A. One, one um, and definitely deserve a look at the, at the uh, titles if that's what they choose to do. I don't necessarily say that, 
because they've had, you know, a couple of fallbacks here recently that that discredits their, you know, work as their body of work as a whole. That's to me, I look at the body of work, not just, you know, what what have you done for me lately? And um, it looks promising to me for the Vincents to, to be in the upper echelon of the tag team division. Well, and, you know, the Vincents definitely in the upper echelon, but it seems like we may have a little bit of history repeating itself here. Uh, as, like I said, it seemed like the wheels fell off once Taco Hell won the tag team titles. Now the Titans of Violence win the tag team titles, and all of a sudden at the next show, you know, and we're going to get into the second contest later between the uh, Nocturnal Flame, Leo, Keegan, and Daniel, but all of a sudden, you know, Justin pulls off an upset victory over Heinzman. Uh, could this be, you know, not only a fact, a moment where they got in the head of uh, of the Titans of Violence, but possibly reestablish themselves as that top contender? Well, I think what you saw, and mind you, when I say this, it's not taking anything away from either one of the Vincent brothers, but um, I think what you saw maybe was. You know, sometimes success can go to your head, um, and it can make you a little more uh, apathetic, I guess would be the word that I want to say. You know, and apathy sets in, and maybe, just maybe, that uh, Hyson overlooked, you know, uh, the Vincent brother when when in their contest, and maybe, just maybe, that's what happened, and and because you know, it happens, it happens easily. You know, when you're when you're that size, uh, and you go up against a smaller guy um, like Justin Vincent, you know, sometimes you just happen to to maybe overlook him a little bit. But uh, on the same token, um, but different side, these guys, whether together or apart, are still a force to be reckoned with. I mean, obviously a lot more uh, worth having to be proven in in singles competition because we just haven't seen that much of it. But I think that, uh, you know, when, when your back's against the wall, and I believe the Vincents feel that way, especially by your line of questioning, you know, and they hear that. They have to hear it. They have to see it that, you know, people are questioning their merit inside the tag division. Maybe just maybe they – they feel the need to um, to have to prove themselves and their backs against the wall and the only place to go from there is forward. So uh, it could be a dangerous situation if given an opportunity at some point for uh, the Titans of Violence against the Vincent Brothers if, if, uh, if it happens. Well, I can tell you this much, that the uh, board of directors has looked at uh, the fact that the Vincent Brothers, you know, uh, pulled off these upset victories at the last show, and uh, they definitely have uh, reestablished them as top contenders in that tag team title division. So very interesting and something to watch moving forward in that tag team division. But, I mean, you mentioned it, talking about Heinzman and Keegan getting back to the Titans of Violence. It's almost like that effect where you're running after somebody and you're chasing somebody for so long Maybe it's one of those situations when you finally caught them, maybe they slowed down a little bit 
and you know they need to get back up to speed. Right, and I mean, let's be honest. I mean, singles competition and tag team competition is is far different. You know, a lot of people may not understand that or look at it that way. But you know, when you're in singles competition, you your stamina comes into play. You know, fatigue, things of that nature, and you can tag out and in and out, in and out if you choose to do that. There's a strategy behind it, uh, but. And when you're in tag team stuff, you can do that. In singles, it's you on an island by yourself against your opponent uh, for the most part, unless there's a special stipulation like we saw in the in the first match of the night. But uh, you know, for that to be to, for that to go on, you know, you have to adjust. And then, and kudos to guys that can make that transition from one week to the next. Uh, tag match this week, singles the next. I mean, it, it shows a lot of uh, of uh, insight and knowledge of of the game itself to be able to transition from singles to tag. I've never done it, um, you know, as I'm not a competitor, but I can only imagine, you know, being out there on that island by yourself when you're used to having a, your partner with you, uh, what can happen at any moment, you know, when the momentum shifts. Well, and I would agree with that, uh, you know, but one thing else, one other thing I want to mention is, I know I constantly talk about D-Mike and call him the most resilient superstar in that ASWF locker room, but how impressive is it that these Vincents, you know, every night in and night out in the Valiant Arena, they take a beating, a shellacking, and they keep coming back. And, you know, if you slip up and, you know, the Titans of Violence found that out this past uh, show, you know, if you slip up, the Vincents are going to be there, and they're going to be able to take advantage of your mistake. Well, I mean, yeah. Uh, I think I think that uh, there's a lot of resiliency, you know, spread throughout the ASWF, and um, the Vincents have shown that. Uh, you know, I go back to... Um, you know, the days was when, when uh, with Max Stone, uh, you know, I've seen the Vincent up close and personal, and, and, and I have an, an ultimate respect for them. Uh, and they just keep coming, you know. It's like the Energizer Bunny. Uh, is it ever going to stop? Probably not. Um, and I think that the more and the more adversity that they face, I think the better they'll become. And I think you're seeing that play out right now. Uh, you know, it takes some guys a little bit longer to get to that point than some than others, but eventually they all come to the same plateau, and you learn from your mistakes, and you just seem to get better and better and better and better, and I think that's what they're doing. Well, you know, a lot of fans would disagree when I mention this next gentleman's name. But a man that seems to have, you know, adjusted his philosophy inside of the ASWF is the former ASWF champion, uh, a man who, and we can debate this, uh, I believe is consumed by the, uh, he's allowed his reality and his whole being to be consumed by the ASWF champion. Obviously, I'm referring to Steve-O. But uh, what are your thoughts on this co- just complete attitude change with Steve-O since well, losing the ASWF championship? 
Well, I can tell you right now, um, without any hesitation, that that uh, that I put Steve-O, or Steven, as the crowd wants to call him, on the same level as Josh Cross, and that's the coward division. Um, and, and because, you know, D-Mike came out, uh, not only uh, did um, I believe that, that uh, Steve-O – uh, took a, kind of a cheap shot in the beginning, uh, but as we all know uh, by looking at the footage, and the referee didn't see it, and it's, it's, it's a tragedy that he didn't, but the knee pad was loaded uh, when he hit uh, D-Mike in, you know, with that knee. And uh, the resiliency, as you talked about with D-Mike, uh, to to hang in there. I mean, it was a David versus Goliath situation. But as far as Steve-O's attitude and his persona goes now, it's 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 sickening. Um, this is a, this is a guy that uh, had the fan base behind him. Um, you know, I thought he was doing the right thing, and uh, it turns out that this whole time it was a fraud and it was a scam. And um, you know, so. In my eyes, Steve-O's a coward. Um, you know, and I, I I don't even hate to say that. Uh, I think when you do what you do and, and you don't, especially, you know, when you have the appreciation and the support of these wonderful fans in this company uh, that come in, you know, every single Saturday that there's a show of support, you know, what, what we're trying to do out there. um you know, to flush it all away over a championship belt that you could get back, you know, you, you lost the belt, we understand that. But you know what, you can fight and call your way back and the fans are going to be there to help you. But to turn your back on the fans and to sell yourself like you did, it's, 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 it's below sickening, Michael. It's, 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 it just, like, I, I don't understand it. I, I don't. I, I mean, I know that's hard for people to understand sometimes because I wasn't a very nice person for the longest time, but but I understand it now, and it just makes me sick to see that because I know there's a better way. But it, I, I, like you said, it's consumed him to the point of he's turned his back on, on the people that have, have picked him up and, and helped him along the way, and that is just just. I don't want to use I mean, I want to say deplorable, but that was used a lot in 2016. But, uh, you know, it's just, it's sickening, Michael. It's sickening. Well, I mean, Brad, and that's the thing, you know, and like I said, the title seems to have consumed everything that Steve-O is. The ASWF championship, it seems like he's wrapped his self-confidence and his self-worth around that ASWF championship, and now that it's gone, it just it appears that the, the he snapped when he lost that title, uh, especially, you know, the way he lost the title. I can understand – I tell you, I can understand being a little frustrated. Yes, he was never pinned to lose the ASWF championship. He was never forced to submit. Uh, Will Cage obviously beating Curtis Dawn with the mandible claw. But, I mean, if you remember correctly, Steve-O was the one that came out and asked for that triple threat at that point. I mean, yes. I, that's the thing, Michael, is that, 
you, you can't take it from experience. You can't let something consume you and control you the way he's allowed this championship to control him. Because let's be honest, Steve-O's legacy is not going to be defined by whether he's a current ASWF champion or not. Um, he is a former champion and I think he's made life harder on himself now to regain that title by making the choices that he did because he's lost his support. Um, he's lost that morale booster when times get tough. And let's be honest, anytime you're battling for a championship in the ASWF, you're going to run into some adversity where you need that, 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 that third member of your tag team per se you know, you need those fans behind you to help boost you up. And th- they're a lot of – they're powerful, you know. And I just – I think that he made the wrong decision, Michael. And, and obviously, yes, I'm a little upset that that he implored the tactics that he used against D-Mike. Um, but, you know, in those regards, you move on and, and you move forward. But you, you can't help but feel sorry for someone – like that, uh, knowing the road that they're headed down with their actions and their attitude. Well, let's go ahead and talk about Dean Mike. You brought him up, and obviously, you know, put up a very, very valiant effort, no pun intended, against the former ASWF champion. Does, in your eyes, and obviously I know you kind of forged a bond, so to speak, with uh, Dean Mike, and you guys have – at least uh, become acquaintances, so to speak. I'm not quite sure everything's still completely there, but it looks like everything's being repaired in your case. Uh, What do you – does his performance against a former ASWF champion, like he had that performance at the last show, does that change your perception of D-Mike, especially knowing – and heading into the anniversary show where he's notched his opportunity to compete in this special contest for the Evolution Championship? Well, I know that I'm sure that there was a, a lot of uh, rumblings in, in around the ASWF when that match was announced and, uh, you know, made, even though it, there, was, there wasn't a whole lot of time given the fact that, you know, we just had, we got tired of listening to Steve-O talk. And and D Mike came up to me and he said, um, you know, because cause I'll be honest, you know, I'm I'm just an advisor to D Mike and and I've I've told him I would accompany him, you know, to the ring to ensure that that you know things go the the right way. You know, unfortunately, the the ball was taken out of our court uh, or his court, our court. Uh, this last match with Steve O, but you know, we got tired of it. And uh, D-Mike said, you know what? And that's another thing, too, about D-Mike. D-Mike's not one to listen to a lot of folks run the fans down. He doesn't like that. And, um, you know, he looked at me and and, and he asked me, he said, or he didn't ask me, he told me, because I I, I work for D-Mike in regards to that. He does not work for me. Um, He said, hey, I'm going out there and, and and I'm not going to listen to this anymore. These people don't deserve to be treated this way. And so we went out there and, you know, on the advisement of D-Mike, speaking for D-Mike that night, 
uh, he was ready to go at it, and then just and Steve O accepted the accepted the match, and and uh, I think he bit off more than he could chew, and I think that's why he resorted to the tactics that he used. Um, but and the, I feel even more confident now that uh, whatever D Mike has his mind set on, he's going to accomplish it one way or the other. Um, you know. Get, unless he falls into a trap somewhere with something, uh, or he's ambushed, you know, because you know, unfortunately, and I've told him this, aligning himself with me to a degree has brought extra sets of eyes on him. Um, and obviously, when he won his shot over Josh Cross, you know, a target was put on his back by the newly formed Infamous Inc. So I mean, there's always something lurking out there, and. But you know, I've told D Mike, you have nothing to worry about. I'm I'm watching, and uh, you know, I, I will gladly fall on the sword for uh, for D Mike and 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 be that line of defense, uh, you know, and be that extra set of eyes. So it, you know, I have a lot of confidence in what D Mike can do, uh, and I think moving forward that that I feel pretty good that that things are going to be, you know. Uh, sometime this year or early in the next year, I think we're going to see uh, D Mike as a champion at some point in the ASWF. I would certainly agree with that statement. One thing I want to address, though, uh, obviously I know you and D Mike, he, you've almost become like a confidant to the young man. Uh, as you guys were leaving the building uh, for that show, Obviously, D-Mike going to be uh, naturally, it's human emotion, going to feel a little bit dejected uh, in losing that contest, especially under the controversial circumstances that you alluded to. Uh, what did you tell D-Mike at that point uh, after the loss to uh, Steve-O? Obviously, you know, he should have never hung his head, but, you know, human, uh, human being human gets in the way. Well, I mean, D-Mike was dejected. He was uh, a little fuzzy. I mean, you know, you saw the replay of what happened. Um, and, and, and I told D-Mike, because at first D-Mike had no clue. Um, you know, D-Mike just, he told me that, you know, that was a, that knee shot was just, a, you know, was the worst he's ever suffered. And I, I told him that I was working on, you know, getting getting him something to look at. And, of course, uh, I was sent the video that was recorded, and D Mike saw it, and and you know at that point it sparked a fire in D Mike, because I told D Mike I said you got up, you were able to walk out of here on your own accord, you stood and you know you stood and held your hand up in the middle of that highway, even in the most adverse of times, uh, you've done it time in and time out, and uh, you're you know just hang- and D Mike's you know, confidence started to rise because, you know, I don't know, Michael, if, if, if you can relate to it at all, but when you take a severe beating or you take someone's best shot and it ends up being a dirty shot or a loaded shot and you're still able to find your way up and walk out of it, you know, it instills this bit of confidence in you. And I think it was a big momentum booster for, for D-Mike, even through a loss. I think that once he was able to shake the cobwebs out, 
I think he understood what he went through that night and what he's been through, you know, since ripping that referee shirt off. And I think that D-Mike's going to be a, a, a better competitor for it. Obviously, you know, I, that's one thing they always say about champions. You kind of got to learn to com- compartmentalize these emotions uh, heading into a, uh, you know, an event, especially D-Mike only, you know, less than a month away from you can categorize as the biggest opportunity in his career to this point obviously qualifying for this special contest. One thing, you know, I want to ask you is, you mentioned his confidence is soaring. How are you keeping him grounded, and what are your thoughts, or what are the, you know, conversations you guys are having, not knowing, you know, how, how do you guys get prepared, or get him prepared, rather, for not knowing what kind of contest he's going to step into at the anniversary show, just knowing that this is his shot at the Evolution Championship. Uh, well, and and here's some here's some insight. I mean, it, we're we're both learning this as we go. Uh, you know, together. Uh, you, you know, there's a lot of anxiety on both on both parts. You know, both myself and D Mike feel like we have a lot to prove. Uh, to ourselves and, you know, to the fans and to our respective careers. Um, you know, in D-Mike's case, he wants to prove yet again. And I, I've, tell, I've told him a hundred times, D-Mike, you, you've proven yourself. You know, you stepped up in defense of the company at, at uh, you know, Penitentiary of Pain, and you stepped up in so many ways after that and your career is, is starting to blossom into this beautiful, you know, massive flower that's just blooming and, and it's unstoppable. Um, and then, you know, he looks in and I tell him, I was like, Dean, like, I'm, I, I don't, I'm here for you. I want to see this, but you know, we both feel like, I mean, I feel like I have something to prove as well. Um, you know, living in the shadows of of the uh, unfortunately the accomplishments of the infamous one, um, I feel like you know that that I need to step out there and 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 help D Mike and accomplish that championship so that you know I can step out from the shadow of of, of what he's accomplished and do this on my own with you know and, and helping D Mike and I think I bring enough experience. Uh, having been in some of the things that I've been involved with that, uh, you know, this is a learning curve for both of us. Uh, And I just try to, as nervous as I am about everything and the anxiety and the emotions that I'm feeling, you have to just kind of stay strong, stay calm, and and don't show, uh, you tip your hand that you're a little nervous to D-Mike. And D-Mike's you know what I think Michael D Mike's more prepared for this opportunity than I am as like an advisor or, or an advocate or a manager or whatever, because he's been in a situation like this before, but not with a championship on the line. But I think anytime a company or, you know, the stakes were as high as they were in several of those contests, I think, you know, you accustom yourself to that. And I think that's what D Mike's done. D-Mike's done more for me, honestly, than I've done for him at this point. And that's why I'm eternally grateful for D-Mike. Uh, 
and that's why I'm glad that he was able to put aside our uh, differences and see that I was a changed person and uh, was coming to, to his aid and his assistance. And I tell you what, I've learned a lot from him. Uh, I mean, you know, I mean, I would be four, I'm 40 years old. This cat's like in his, like, I don't know, what is he, 20, 21 years old, something to that nature. And he's got the wealth and knowledge of a, of a seasoned vet already. So, uh, you know, I think this has been beneficial for, for me as well. And, and, and D Mike's kept keeping himself grounded. Um, you know, he's leaning on, on social media and his fan base and the, and the fan support. And he knows it, what's at stake, uh, you know, obviously not knowing what they're going to throw at the anniversary show, but you know, it's got to be big, you know, you know, it's got to be something spectacular that because of the anniversary show, it's the WrestleMania of the indie scene for, for the ASWF. It's going to be something. It could be a, a shark in a, in a water tank match for all we know. (laughs) So I don't know, Michael, uh, your guess is as good as mine. You know, I don't. I no longer go to the office anymore because I'm, you know, I'm I'm independent of the uh, of what I used to do at ASWF. But so I've been trying. I I have I've been hitting sources and talking to people and trying to get an idea of what they're going to have out there. But I don't know. I mean, uh, and sometimes I don't know if I want to know. Uh, because I think I think this far out, you, you know, too much information can be a bad thing. Well, that's certainly true. But one thing you guys did learn the same night, and I'm sure you guys were watching this very, very closely, was one of the uh, opponents that uh, D-Mike will have come April 6th at Anniversary 20. Uh, Insane Shane also qualified to uh, be in this uh, special contest uh, that they have. You know, like you said, details are very, uh, very slim, but Infamous Inc. will now be represented in this contest. What are your thoughts? And what, I, like I said, I know you and D-Mike were watching it closely. What did you say to D-Mike as soon as Insane Shane notched? Because you know the history between them. As soon as... Uh, Insane Shane notched that victory and uh, qualified. Well, you know, I I told D Mike uh, that we would work, uh, you know, that we would kind of, you know, I would help him with some insight into Insane Shane. But, you know, Michael, D Mike looked at me with that little, that smile that he has, you know, that infectious smile that he carries around and, and he looked at me and he said, Brad? And I said, D-Mike? And then, of course, he said, that's my name. And I said, I know I was just responding back to you. But um, he goes, I'm worried about Shane, but I'm not worried about Shane. And I said, well, that's, that's good, D-Mike. And he goes, as good as insane Shane is and as lethal as insane Shane is and as, as, as easily as insane Shane can put away a match, and a victory, you know, in his back pocket. He said, I feel confident because I have bested Insane Shane in a two out of three falls match. I've seen 
some weaknesses in Insane Shane's game when he fought the Suicide King in that MMA match. He said, I, I think I know the steps to victory uh, with Insane Shane. He said, it's going to be a tough match, uh, whatever it is. But he said, I'm ready for it. And I told him, I said, you know, you have to take into the effect that Infamous Inc. is now behind it, and, and there's no telling what could go down, you know, because obviously uh, the Infamous One is on a power power crunch right now. He's trying to eat up uh, every single title he can get a hold of because, let's be honest, if, if the titles are in Infamous Inc. stable, you know, he holds the, the, the power. And uh, obviously, you know, Excalibur, uh, the former champion, uh, with Infamous Inc., you know, they lost that title out of that out of that faction, and so they want it back. And you know, Insane Shane poses a great opportunity to get that back. Uh, so absolutely, especially being a former champion himself. Right, and and and, and I thought it was interesting and and well played on the part of the commissioner, Joey Britt, uh, to basically make Insane Shane and Josh Cross uh, square off against each other for a spot. Um, We obviously saw where, you know, um, that the two were reluctant to to battle each other. Uh, Being the professionals that they are, they went ahead and fought each other for it. And obviously, you know, that's a situation that if you're the infamous one you never want to have um, is two of your same guys in a match against each other. And I thought it was well played on the commissioner's part to throw in the uh, Evolution title bit just to make that match mean something more than just these two because obviously they're in the same faction, but they still want that opportunity, you know. But I think they both, unfortunately, handled it rather well. And what I was kind of hoping didn't happen. I was hoping it was going to split them apart. And uh, we were going to see the fall of at least a quarter of the infamous connection or ink or whatever he wants to call it now. And uh, it didn't. Uh, It just shows that they're stronger than ever now. You know, they unified it up after the the match and, and did their despicable actions. And that's, I guess, uh, Michael, I hate to say this, but that's a credit to what the infamous one's done. Um, well, and it just shows what we're all up against. Ah. Especially, you know, uh, the infamous one, you know him very well. I'm sure you know that as soon as they won that match, Insane Shane started watching film on D-Mike. Insane Shane wants revenge for losing that two out of three falls match. You can guarantee that Insane Shane wants to avenge the loss. But another interesting thing, and I know you keep your eyes on social media, uh, Insane Shane is actually uh, up for a couple awards. What Do you you think that the infamous one is uh, able to keep him uh, level-headed heading into this contest and keep his eye on the prize? heading into uh, April 6th in the anniversary show. What do you think uh, about that possible distraction, uh, knowing that he's up for such a prestigious award, uh, could play into your, you know, into your court? 
Unfortunately, Michael, I really, you know, I, I love, I love being able to remember the past so that I'm not doomed to repeat it. And unfortunately, yes, I, I know the infamous one very well. Um, and to be honest, you know, I cut my teeth in, in this this role that I'm in now under the guidance of, of the infamous one. Um, and I bought into the lies that he told over time, but not taking anything of he, I think that he's he's good enough that he's going to be able to to harness that to insane Shane and then use it to his advantage. I think he's going to say, "Hey Shane, here it is. You know, you got the infamous choke. You can fly around. You know, you're getting recognized." And I think the way he's going to sell it, and the way I would sell it to insane Shane would be, "Here it is. You know, the fans recognize, the the voters recognize, whatever." How that works, I don't know. Um, but he's like, now you just have to go out and you just have to prove it. Match. Match in, match out. Match in, match out. Day in, day out. Day in, day out. You just have to keep proving, keep moving forward. And, and I think the allure of the success that Shane's going to have, uh, if he's victorious or what he's experiencing now, is, is going to propel him. And the infamous one's going to be able to harness that. I mean, that's he's good at what he does. Um, uh, there's no denying that. I personally can't stand him. I hate the guy, and hate's a bad word. I I, I don't. I dislike hate, but I can't. I mean, being human and going against what what you know the teachings that I've been taught, you know, and then attending church now, there's still I hate. I I hate the infamous one. And, um, but I have to give credit where credit's due. And that's why anytime that I'm face to face with the infamous one or infamous Inc. and, and involved in any kind of contest that involves them, I have to use my inside knowledge and, and help to try to defeat infamous Inc. Um, you know, that's my goal is to eradicate the the unnecessary evils within the ASWF and it's a tall order but it can be done and I think that I think that he's going to use it Michael as bad as I want to I hate to say that as bad as I hate to say that I think that he's going to be able to harness insane Shane and actually you use that as an advantage uh in his preparation so we'll see um but you know you know as well as I do Michael is I'm sure you don't want to admit it either but I mean let's be honest the infamous one probably is one of the best managers in the state of Arkansas at this point. I would agree with that. One thing, uh, can you, you can know, you mute my microphone for a second, Michael? Please, Michael, I need you to mute oh, my microphone. I got to throw up now. I've got to throw up. <laughs> there you go. But uh, seriously, you. I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't want to do that on air. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, seriously, Brad, uh, the infamous one's night was not over. Obviously, uh, we saw him, uh, his newest charge, Morgan Williams, return to action uh, at the last show against Ray Ray. You want to talk about some stiff competition in your return back into the ring after a long layoff. It don't get no stiffer than uh, Ray Ray and uh, these two tore the house down. 
and uh, definitely an impressive showing by Morgan uh, in his return matchup. But also, you know, once again, Ray continuing this fight to uh, against the infamous Inc. And I and and unfortunately for for the Suicide King or Ray or you know whoever you know he is that at the, on any given night. Obviously, you know for the safety of all involved, you kind of hope that it's Ray Ray uh, because the Suicide King is he oh he's scary. But uh, um, I tell you, you know, I was impressed with what the Suicide King or Ray did. I was impressed with his victory and the way he handled himself. Um, but I honestly walked out of that experience, you know, I was sitting in the crowd for that match. And I, I got the sense that, uh, that um, you know, I was honestly not expecting that type of performance out of uh, Morgan. Uh I mean, we're talking about a guy that just came back from, you know, cancer treatment, Michael. We're talking about a guy that's been off for a while, and he comes back and and performs that well. Uh, you know, a testament to himself and uh, the the training that he's gotten and the information that I'm sure he's picked up along the way since selling his soul to the devil, to, to so to speak. But, uh, you know, again, but impressive enough that, and a testament to, to Ray that Infamous Inc. keeps throwing and lobbing missiles and bombs at him, and he just keeps ducking and dodging and coming out victorious. And, you know, so that's going to be an interesting thing to watch moving forward is the dynamic that sets up between, you know, Ray and and the Infamous Inc. Because, you know, if anyone has a bigger target on him, it would be Ray as well. Uh, and there's so many angles now and, and, and sides that they could attack him from. So I would, it's going to be I interesting. I mean, you look at, I mean, you look at this dynamic. Okay, let's break down the infamous connector ink real quick. Let's look at you have Josh Cross, who obviously has a storied history against uh, Ray. Then you have the insane Shane, who's got a history against Ray, and, and then you know obviously Morgan, having been around this business for a while, and he's got a history with Ray. So, you know, going into the anniversary show and then Excalibur, um, you know, I don't know where Excalibur fits into all that as far as with Ray because X, I'm sure, is looking at a is probably you know they're probably jockeying for an evolution spot somewhere or a title shot and see wants to regain that I'm sure after losing it. But the dynamic there is 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 interesting to me and and uh, honestly I feel like that that, that everyone here on uh, you know that supports the fans and supports the ASWF man we're going to have our hands full with infamous ink Michael I mean and that makes me nervous. That definitely makes me nervous as well Brad you know uh it definitely could lead to some dark days here coming up in the Valiant Arena. But, Brad, I've got about four minutes left here with you before the contractually obligated infamous hour. Uh, the You know, obviously the infamous one buying time here on Talk Radio 49. But, uh, you know, 
I want to get to the main event, Max Stone versus the main event, Curtis Dawn. These two young guns, both, we talk about jockeying for position on the card. These two are jockeying for position, and one of them could very well find themselves in the premier position in the anniversary show, anniversary 20. Curtis Dawn and Max Stone went to absolute war with Curtis Dawn picking up the victory. But I tell you, the step up in competition for uh, the greatest gym known to man, you know, I, it, I've got to say, just looking at his impressive performances recently, it could only be a matter of time before we start calling him the greatest champion known to man, Brad. Oh, I mean, you're right. You are absolutely right. And, and you know, I've had a, I've had some history and in, in, in some stuff with with Max Stone, and I think that Max Stone, especially now, Michael, that he's embraced, you know, the good side of of this business. That he's embraced the fans, and he's embraced, you know, he's he's shed himself of that of that mental darkness that that he's carried around that cloud of negativity. I think that this this newfound positive. Um, you know, achievements-minded Max Stone is well on his way to accomplishing, to being known as the greatest uh, gym known to man, champion known to man, great thing known to man, the greatest of all time known to man, if, if you ask me, uh, just based on the, what I've seen him accomplish, his athleticism, his his dexterity, he's young, I mean, I just, I just hope that he continues going on the way that he goes. And if he does, I mean, and he doesn't allow himself to fall into some kind of nefarious trap or, or mindset. I mean, the kids got it, got everything you could ever want and being an, an athlete and a professional wrestler. And, you know, like I said, with, with D Mike, he reminds me a lot of D Mike, you know, both of those guys are resilient. They're athletic. And they have a never-say-never-I'm-not-going-to-quit attitude. And I think that's what's going to propel both of their careers up and beyond the glass ceiling. You know, I think they're going to break through. And uh, the sky's the limit for both of them. And and I wish Max Stone all the luck in the world and all the best wishes in the world as he pursues his dreams here at the ASWF. Well, real quick, Brad, uh, Curtis Dawn, once again, looking pretty impressive himself in a victory, uh, notching, uh, trying to notch out a spot in the main event and trying to get a shot at the ASWF championship. Quickly, what are your thoughts on a potential Curtis Dawn ASWF championship match? Well, uh, real quickly, I mean, Curtis Dawn's asserted himself as the as the figurehead in the championship uh, picture, obviously Max Stone's uh, name is is definitely in that hat uh, to be pulled out, uh, along with a guy like Steve-O, who's um, driven by the championship, as you said. I think that Curtis Stone easily, uh, and and Max Stone would easily get a high times uh, praise, and could easily have be the match of the year this early in the year uh, in ASWF. Uh, I think Curtis possesses all the 
all that it takes to become a champion as well. And and honestly, that's a matchup that I'd love to see. It's, it's a to me, it's a dream matchup to see a guy like Curtis Don versus a, a guy like Max Stone because I think you see two different styles uh, in those two. And they say styles makes fights, and I think that's a fight and that's a style that matches up really well to be entertaining for the fans. And I think that's what we do here at the ASWF. We try to assemble the best action and the most memorable action for the fans. I would completely agree with that. Well, Brad, I certainly want to wish you have a great rest of your week and I look forward to seeing you. Uh, Are you going to be there Saturday night in the Valiant Arena? I will be there Saturday night in the Valiant Arena. Um, anytime that, that D-Mike is in the building, you know, we don't know what, what he's doing, but anytime D-Mike is in the building and if I am uh, read, if I am able to be there, then I am willing to be there. And, uh, Michael, um, I, I mailed you last week some earplugs, so you might want to put those in given your next hour. Um Oh, I because, appreciate that. Yeah, I've got them sitting here. <laughs> well, Michael, God bless you, and uh, I hope that you're the best. And remember that at 9 o'clock you can cut his hour off and you can go about living your life in peace again until Saturday when you got to see him again. But uh, be there, everybody. <laughs> Doors open at 530. Show starts at 7. You're not going to want to miss it. We are, uh, what, a let's say a few miles away from the off ramp to the anniversary show as we travel down this highway. Uh, I appreciate everybody for taking the time to listen to me tonight. And I, and I hope I gave you some insight. Michael's going to be back on the uh, next uh, top of the hour to give you more of ASW aftermath. I love you guys. And we will see y'all Saturday. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was Brad Hicks. We're going to go ahead and take a quick commercial break. When we come back, It's the Infamous Hour with the CEO of Infamous Inc., the Infamous One Double J. We'll be right back with more ASWF Aftermath. I don't know what you had in mind, but here we stand on opposing sides. Let's go to war. Let's go to war! Are you looking for the best deals for your vaping needs and accessories? Then check out the guys at Sub-Ohm Vapors. With daily specials on a wide selection of mods and juices, they will surely become your one-stop shop. Ray and the guys at Sub-Ohm Vapors, located at 6929 JFK Boulevard, Suite C in North Little Rock, Arkansas, want to see you. Join them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, but more importantly, visit the store or call 501-392-6487. Sub-Ohm Vapors. Vape it like you built it. 
the plus years that he has with abilities with Excalibur and all the knowledge these two vets can bring to the table with Josh Cross there and his wife, Cassie. Come on, Michael. Helping in St. Shane. He is infamous in St. Shane, no doubt about it. Well, I tell you, infamous one, in St. Shane not only got that good news over the past two weeks, but he also, two weeks ago this Saturday, notched his place. We now know two of the combatants in the Evolution title special attraction matchup coming up at uh, the anniversary show. He notched his place in that matchup. Familiar foes that you know so far in this contest. Uh, D-Mike, tell me, what is the strategy? Obviously, you guys have to rethink it a little bit because the last time you guys were in the ring with this gentleman, he ended up uh, picking up the victory. Uh, have you guys gone to work already and started redoing the strategy for uh, Shane to be victorious and become the Evolution champion this time? Thank you for your uh your uh, your question, Michael. I appreciate you, the voice of ASWF. I'm so glad that you have brought the uh, what can I how can I put it the most ex- phenomenal job to the announcer's desk and how you do your journalism and your uh, questions and everything, Michael. I'm not going to sit here and yell or like I did in the past. And I just want to tell you, probably because I'm the uh, the most prestigious person. And uh, the most knowledgeable as coming from a CEO personnel, business type person with a, you know, going on 12 years experience being managerial advocacy, seeing that guys like you shine bright. And I want to tell you, far you never hear it from anybody else, not management of ASWF, not the Joey Brits or the Ricky Rollins, and not your little now butt kiss buddy who was on the phone a while ago, never tell you, thank you, Michael. And he's, and you know, Michael, I'm telling you from infamous thing. Sometimes you get online and you say stuff that it just ain't true. That's just because you, you're sometimes your vision or your glasses get broke, or something's going on with you. But congratulations, you should also be an award-winning person as well for announcer of the year. And speaking on D Mike, let's just lay the carpet out. Y'all want to go live in the past. We picked up our toys, and we moved on. Why does everybody think past is going to repeat? Some do, some don't. D-Mike is a phenomenal wrestler. D-Mike also has under his his belt a lot of training that I have to bid by by looking through the uh, ASWF Training Academy. Plug, plug. If you want to be a part of the ASWF Wrestling Academy, you can contact Sarah Rowland. And also, they do anything from what the phenomenal job of Michael Carnahan's, the voice of ASWF, all the way up to being a wrestler. And that's what D-Mike did. He reached up and picked up the phone. And I'm not talking for that guy. I've seen it with my eyes. I don't do third-person party talks. I see what I've seen, and I tell what I tell. I don't do, you know, whatever. Michael, he has accomplished a goal in his life, and y'all, and put it notch, giving gratitude. I'm not going to sit here and cut the guy down. Or what we call wrestling, call it bury them. A really great guy. He is a phenomenal wrestler. But he's just not, just because he won three out of one falls, 
just because a baby accidentally takes their first step doesn't mean you're always going to be in same shame. Because, D-Mike, you're all that, but you're not as good or not as knowledgeable, as per se, as my client in St. Shane. Well, I would certainly, uh, you know, I would certainly have to see this matchup. I'm definitely excited about what's going to happen. Now, one thing I do want to ask is the same as I asked uh, Brad about D-Mike's thoughts on it. What are Shane's thoughts going into, yes, he's getting an Evolution title shot, but he has no idea what kind of matchup he's heading into. He has no idea what type of risks are going to be involved or anything. He just knows he has a shot at that Evolution Championship, and one of his opponents will be D-Mike. What is his uh, mindset heading into a matchup like that? Great question, Michael. And I'm glad that you have always on top of your game. And, again, complimenting you. Compound, when uh, we met this morning, um, security of Gary Swift letting us in, uh, always doing a phenomenal job, as he does, looking out for us. And going into the compound and going to the gym side part, we see, uh, you know, Shane training very hard every day. Josh, Cassie. Also watching Excalibur working, you know, always putting in the uh, the work in as well. And uh, Morgan Williams, phenomenal guy, knowledgeable. These guys are just like, the, you know, it's like we have, because we do have our own training things, but it's only for Infamous Sync only. And we have our own ring. We have our own stables and things that goes on in here and different things. And Shane's just been all over the place. And, and the other guys have too. And just taking a time out of my time and out of the office here at the compound and going to visiting with each and every one of those guys, they um, Shane is. It doesn't matter. He he just told me it just you know was sweat dripping and everything, just working out. He doesn't care what match it is. He's only got one go in go in this, and that's championship titles. And I've told you this many times. You've had a conversation with me, one on one conversation as well on live radio like we are now, anything, anybody, I have got it. It doesn't matter if it's Josh, Excalibur, anybody in the ink. Even Gary Swift I can take to the top. And I will before 2019 ends. We will have captured every single title in the ASWF. And we don't need to focus on what kind of match it is. Joey can throw anything at us, just like he did when Ray Ray jumped the gun and wanted an MMA fight. Not talking bad about Ray, he was he was toe to toe, gave the guy credit. But at the end of the night, you only have a win or lose or draw, and it was not a draw. And you know, my client was successful, will coming out willingly to accept that Ray let everything get to him. But Shane's successful. Josh has been successful. Excalibur is successful. Everybody these athletes put together. I'm not just talking about just think, but I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what kind of match you If it's a one-on-one with D-Mike, 
another three out of uh, whatever falls, whatever if it's hardcore cage matches, extreme outside, drag your drag the opponent outside and beat them up. Whatever it is, Michael, we are ready for anything that the commissionership or uh, the management at ASWF throws at us, Michael. We're prepared, always on top. Well, you know, infamous one, uh, Brad mentioned something in the previous hour, and I'm sure you were probably listening. Brad mentioned something interesting in the previous hour. He said that the title holds power in the ASWF, and I find that to be true. How much pressure internally from infamous Inc. is there on Insane Shane right now to recapture the Evolution Championship and bring it back to the uh, to the infamous sink. To be honest, strictly honest with you, and I know it's gonna probably gonna blow you away. You're gonna look at this screen and like say, "Oh my god!" Win, lose, or draw again. We do not take titles. Which, how can I put this? If he didn't capture a title. It doesn't mean it's into his life or a career. Does that make sense? Right. Okay. So if he supposedly didn't come out successful, that doesn't mean that we're all going to be mad and you know keep it PG, you know, very upset or you know angry or attack him. That's that's family. You have to talk to your client. And figure out and watch videos of where you messed up if you didn't capture something. Or you, we always review everything. Doesn't matter if we lost or not, or we won or not. We still review videos. And Michael, I know it's hard for you to focus and understand this, but every footage that every match that any of my clients are in, win, lose, or draw, we go back and we rethink the steps of what we could have done better and what we could do more. Well, I tell you, infamous one, I know that you use the guys um, almost as coaches for each other. They build each other up. They help train each other. They're sparring partners. Like you said, the infamous Inc. is a lot like a family. With that being said, what is somebody like uh, Josh Cross or Excalibur or Morgan Williams Telling Insane Shane in these training sessions, obviously knowing that he has held the Evolution Championship, what is what are they saying to him to get him back to that Evolution title that he uh, once held just about a year ago? Evolution title. Well, that's a touchy subject, ain't it, Michael? Because former champion Excalibur is a former Evolution champion. And I see where you was going with that. And if you would like to know the anything, won't you come get a temporary membership to the compound and come ask them face to face and ask them yourself? Because I don't discuss anything like that over there. Well, I can definitely understand me not wanting to show your cards, especially with such an all important contest coming up as what will be this Evolution title matchup. Whatever kind of matchup is going to be definitely going to be something. One thing I want to ask you about, uh, Josh Cross and uh, Insane Shane, for Insane Shane to 
notch his victory or to notch his place in this matchup, he had to go through Josh Cross. Uh, obviously, like I said, I know that you guys, uh, you use them as coaches, and uh, they spar together and things like that. Uh, was this just old hat for you guys uh, heading into this matchup? Because obviously I saw tempers didn't flare too bad, obviously with family you guys are constantly competitive, uh, and it seemed like Josh definitely understood the situation when he came up uh, with the short end of the stick in this contest. But, uh, you know, was it just, you know, something that you guys just went out there and, you know, obviously weren't happy that you were in that position, but was it just, you know, like another day at the compound where you're sparring and the best man wins? To be honest with you, I go recap while you was talking, and I was thinking, talking to Gary Swift, and we reason why I use Gary a lot because he's not just security, he's also a personal uh, assistant of mine as well mm-hmm. as because he is portied, you know, as uh, watching for all out for all of us, and I do discuss a lot of information with him, being his criminal that he does criminal backgrounds with. It checks with everything he does. He's uh, he is a, and I don't care what any fan says. And if you can hear me talking, this is all you want to believe. That's fine. But Gary Swift is a certified police officer. I mean, that is the infamous truth. This is not just you know. I can take a step out of character or take a step out of rest. Gary Swift is a real police officer. You can say whatever. And with his knowledge and his background and the pull that we got with him. He, you know, me, during that match, me and him was discussing a lot of things. And the beautiful, I'm talking about the beautiful divas that ever stepped foot in the ASWF, blessed our heart that we was both torn, and so was Gary, con- communicating with Cassie, Josh's wife, and just communicating with her. I was just telling her, I'm sorry, I didn't want this. You know, the Joey Brits and the fans, some of the fans, because I got something, on, I got some huge news before we go off there. Uh, just wanted to see this, and you know what we talked about? Me, Josh, Cassie, you know, all of us there. Just, just tune out the fans. Just, just have our regular training things that goes on here. And Gary agreed as well. We sat there and we watched, and you know, who had this, who had that, you know, who could do better and this and that. And it was, you know, I thought it was phenomenal work from both guys. And, and I'm not cutting, you know, to any slack to any one of them. And if I did, I, we went back and watched a course I told you, Michael. We went back and watched who could do this better, who could do work on this a little more. You know, with all the knowledge, too, with the vets, my, uh, Morgan Williams being there watching as well and helping out with Matt and uh, Excalibur. And uh, just uh, it just it just all gels together. And, you know, Shane just came out on top. And, that's just, and, and, and there was no tension there whatsoever. We got in the middle of the ring. We all got together. Morgan came out. And we was just cutting up and laughing together and telling, and we just all looked at Shane and said, congrats. We all hugged. Josh was like, you know, he was a little upset. I ain't going to lie to you. He was a little upset. But it's funny to him more than anything because I always told him and I always tell all my clients, there's always more fish and more opportunities out there, and I'm seeking out every minute, every second. I'm watching out for my clients every time, on social media, Twitter, Facebook, 
in and out of the ring. I always feed these guys knowledge, and I'm always telling them stuff that's coming up and checking on these guys. And I, this is a true story. I check on these guys as much as I can, I can make sure their, their health's good, and if they need anything. And this is serious stuff, Michael. This is not just no hearsay play. I've reached out to any of these guys. They ever need anything. They got my number. I could try to help them out, whatever I can do. And that's just how things work. It just it don't use the word family. That's just that's always been used in wrestling, like the first family, the the crap down the road, everything. We are infamous ink. We are the ink and we are here to stay. Well, Double J, one thing I want to ask you about, you know, now with Josh Cross being unsuccessful in his opportunity to notch his place in that contest, you mentioned that you're always working on uh, getting contracts and scouting opponents and things like that. Uh, We've mentioned multiple times tonight that guys are trying to carve out their spot on this all-important anniversary 20 card. Is there anybody that you guys are targeting right now as a potential matchup that you guys are trying to negotiate with to uh, – to, uh, do you guys have a target for Anniversary 20, I guess is what I'm trying to ask. I, I understand where you're going with that, and I was about to interrupt you, but I've, I'm always being polite here and professional on Talk Radio 49. And targets. Oh, yeah, Michael. We have a big, huge uh, LED board here we draw on. We talk. We do films and everything inside this conference room that I'm sitting in right now. And the guys are sitting here listening as well. Um, we uh, we get on this board and we target names and, and competitors. And I'm just going to put it out there. And, and this is no hidden fees or anything like that. And this is going to surprise you. Our t- biggest target, and not 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 making threats. This is not a threat session. This is also just saying the targets. It can be next year, twenty twenty two. It's going to happen. Our biggest target is capturing all the titles. That that right there's been all. That's everybody's top goal. But also. We're not friends with anybody in the ASWF. I want to get that out there. We're not friends with you. We're not friends with anybody in the ASWF. We are a faction. We only associate inside. And get that out there. Our our other our target our biggest target is a mouth that's been running for about let's say maybe getting close to four or five years now. And he, and he sits here and blasphemes about me and t- tries to just call it inside. It, we call that not trying to copy a, another show, but just kind of just kind of give you a reference, Michael. He tries to do the inside edition, the TMZ kind of stuff to you, but it's all false lies. I've we all know this, and the reason why I say that he produces nothing. But you know what? I'm not going to sit here and bury him or let him shower in the dirt because now. Him turning over a new leaf is a change that you have to, like he wants to tell everybody, accept Christ as your personal Savior. (laughs) You have to accept Brad William Hicks as the new leaf. Can you accept everything that he has done? And, And he says he's doing this and that. He's another target. And I've made it clear 
and I'm not on social media playing games when I when I talk, and I and I'm not making threats, Brad. But you will get your time in due time, and you want to say we don't have any directions. We only know where you're at. We just don't want to come there. You're going to come to us, and that's that's how it works. And you don't understand. That. I know that, but in due time. You will be the one crucified, and I will be the one that's putting my hands in the water and washing my hands with the blood. Because we're going to get you when you least expect it. We're a faction, and we travel in packs, and we're going to get you because you want to point blank on us when my guys have done nothing but top-notch attitudes, Brad, you have some experience. You've been some knowledge. You better do start doing some more homework because you're good, but you're not that good. You're not no better than me, and I'm better than you. I'm better than the expanse. We all are. We're trying to get off track here, Michael. Another thing that we're looking forward to anniversary show, and you know, another thing, right? This is not over. What you done in the MMA fight or what you done to Morgan Williams? You, and I heard you early, Michael, say something. I caught my ear when you talked about right, right has a lot of experience in professional wrestling. He is his dad hit me, yes. He hit me in the mouth, kinda of made me rethink them some things. Not doing dang I kinda of let my mouth override my, my paychecks, but you know what? I'm still making money on it. And that's what I do. And that that's beyond the fact. But Ray, you kind of more or less cheated the other night with Morgan. Let's talk about that, Michael. Get to the anniversary show before we get. You know, we're talking Ray Ivy as well. He's not out of the, out of the books either. And another thing, I don't know what this satanic Bible crap is going on. Time I make an advertisement, it's starting to appear on my page. And I got a guy with Gary. He's got a guy working with him. We're looking into that, and it's going to stop because if it don't stop, people in the ASWF talent start to disappear. And it, we don't want it point blank at the ink, but they kind of just kind of dwindle away. But getting back to the Morgan Williams situation, Michael, he absolutely, positively took Morgan to the limits. And Morgan has been around just as long or longer in this business and fought, you know, Dyersburg, Tennessee, used to be NWA. And now it's uh, rebranded, renamed. But, you know, Morgan is a Lions champion. So it's not, a, it's not that Ray hasn't been no champions. Don't, 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 don't get me wrong. I'm not burying Ray because I'm telling you right now, Ray Ivey is a great technical wrestler. He's a great pro wrestler to toe-to-toe. I mean, but he, he lacks in some areas. We all do. But, you know, I want to, I want to advise something. I want to, I want to, I want I know, I know Ray can be hearing me right now. Ray, there's something that you caught the ink's eye. And I noticed what you did Saturday night this two weeks ago with Morgan. Great sportsmanship on you, by the way. But I want you to hear me out. Ray, there's something that I and the rest of us want to show gratitude to you. And nobody else in that locker room has so don't listen to the fans this is not their fan session this is our session right we want to take our time out we all want to meet with you very soon and we want to not make any physical contact with you i personally guarantee that 
And I know you're probably thinking, why would you want to do that? We want to personal welcome you to you about something and, and kind of put something in your mind to think on. Don't listen to the Michael Carnahan's wondering or being scared. Nobody's going to place hands on you, I promise. But we want to speak to you and talk to you and get you somewhere in your mind you're not right. But I promise you, I can get you on that path. Michael, you got any questions about Morgan and Ray's match? Well, definitely you alluded to it earlier. And, yes, the infamous Connect, uh, the infamous Inks trophy case uh, got a little bit uh, more hardware put in it recently with Morgan Williams winning that uh, aforementioned title. But uh, one of the things that I was thoroughly impressed with was, you know, the lack of ring rest from Morgan Williams. I mean, this guy's coming off of, what, about a six-month layoff coming from, uh, you know, beating cancer. So I will have to give respect where respect's due. Definitely impressive for Morgan Williams what he was able to, you know, literally him and Ray took each other just like you alluded to, to each other's limits, so much so that, you know, Morgan had to be treated for exhaustion after the contest over there at ringside. Uh, definitely one of those no, things hold, that, hold, you hold, know. Hold on here. Michael, I, I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not trying to be rude. I know you was trying to get to the where you need to get to. I, just hold that thought, please. Morgan You're was fine. treated. Okay. Morgan was treated not at ringside. We got him to the back, and we took him out to our personal. We called in. Uh, Gary called in a personal paramedic that he knew to have him looked out. We don't want to have trust anything from Tuckerman. And, uh uh, of course, it, I'm going to put it out there. Everybody knows Excalibur is a profession, and, and, and that's his brother. And so that we have him on staff. That's who was treating Morgan Williams. And it wasn't for him exhaustion. It was because it was a lot of excitement and a lot of things going on, and he just needed to calm down a little more. And given an update on Morgan, he is phenomenal. And I'm telling you right now, Michael, and I just saying it because he's my client. This guy can rebound from either, not just from cancer, he can rebound from anything. And this is what I like about Morgan. And I'm just, I'm just telling you, he is ready to go. And yes, he was treated not for whatever you just said. It was just because he was got a little too excited, got to catch his breath, and he had to get him calmed down. Thank you, Excalibur, for all he, – he's not just a wrestler. He's also in his personal life profession and what he does. And that's why I say every time I can that this is the best talent ever established, put together, and to be in the infamous thing. I am very honored to represent each and one of these guys that's inside this infamous thing. Well, I will say this once again, though. Go ahead and direct me into what it was like getting – Morgan ready for this uh, past show's uh, matchup going in with Ray. Tell me, because like I said, it was just absolutely mind-blowing to me. Not a bit of ring rust on him at all. Uh, he looked just like he had never left the ring at all. So go ahead and talk to me about the training reg regimen that Morgan went through in preparing for his return to the ASWF. 
Well, when we got the, the release from the doctors, and which is we always don't like you say show all of our cards, and uh, kept uh, kept Morgan hydrated, sparring, everything you know, training we do inside the ring here at the compound. And Morgan was just on it. I mean, repetition, just on it, on it, on it. And we didn't know who or what or what we was facing that that, that Saturday night. And when we uh, uh, we all arrived at the arena, we all joined together, of course, in our own personal uh, locker room. Uh, we have our own in the side. I know everybody thinks it's really small back there, but I'm telling you, I have my personal locker room and all of us sit in our personal space, and we shut the door and lock it in this big room. And we sit there, and then we get word of who we're competing against. And then, you know, I bring all the equipment that we need to go over. And uh, also, we have a monitor we watch as well. And when Morgan found out, and I found out, and the rest of the guys found out that Morgan was going to face Ray Ray, we knew that, that ASWF produced the top seed in ASWF. And we knew that this house that uh, that was standing, we was going to tear it down in that match. And Ray, 100% coming out. That's what I want. This is what I'm telling you, Michael. I never want to see somebody 50 on our 100% any day. I want it to be 50-50, 100-100. I never want to see anybody say, well, he done this and he done that. That's just why, because Ray was hurt or this and that. That's not what happened. He came out. We came out. Vice versa. They both gave it all on the line. And they both put it all for shut up. And congrats to both athletes in doing that. It's very so. Oh, definitely so. So you mentioned that you got word late uh, Saturday in the afternoon that you that Morgan's first opponent was gonna back was gonna be Ray. Uh, talk me through what the room was like when you got that news. Obviously, a lot of wealth of knowledge and a lot of experience inside of the ring with Ray. Did uh, Josh Cross and uh, Excalibur and Insane Shane automatically go over to uh, Morgan and start talking to him about, you know, strategy for the matchup and everything? Well, but when we found out, when I got word what was going on, and, of course, I delivered the message to everybody what happens and what's going on in business-wise and wrestling. And when we got word it was right, it was all nothing but respect and excitement, knowing what Ray was going to bring to the ring. And that's that's the honest truth. That was the very first thing. There was no making fun of or laughing. I mean, there was kind of little jokes here and there about Ray, but there was also mutual respect. It's, and that's kind of – and I know it's probably, probably shocking to you, but not many of us in the ink respect Ray. I mean, I'm talking about not not excuse me. Let me let me erase that. Let me erase what I just said. Respect some of the wrestlers in the arena. There's very few like guys like Ray that we respect. That's what I meant to say. Mm-hmm. And we was we was just going over uh, old tapes with Shane. We was going over tapes with Ray's oh way you know what he was been doing in wrestling period and up to par and. You you stop footage, slow down footage, and you, and then you talk about it. All of us talk about it. You know, sitting back and just kicking back, listening 
to the experience with. It's, it's, it's good. I'm not no offense to Shane. I mean, he's had recent. I'm talking about past experiences and the knowing that these vets know. Morgan, Josh, especially Josh, has more dealings with him. So that was very interesting to sit to and listen to how Josh experienced how he accomplished me many times, how many times he's beat Ray, and how many times he's lost to Ray. Guys are genuine athletes, professionals. They're not going to whine and cry about how many times or not this and that. They are very genuine. I mean, they put themselves out there, win, lose, or draw, guys. I mean, we are human. We're not when we when we lose. Yeah, it hurts. Everybody hurts when they lose. You lose, Michael. You get mad. You're human. But you gotta learn. There's one thing that I always learn. You learn from your mistakes. And 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 there's some mistakes, you know, that I wish that never happened. Like you know, Michael, you're for example, you're this is you know you we planted a seed, we fertilized you know the ASWF fertilized you, the Joey Brit, you know watered you whatever. And look what you spruced up to. And then you look over to the wagweed. I mean, it came up in this ASWF. Brad, I mean, it's kind of like uh, poison. Sometimes you kind of try to kill it, and it keeps coming back. I mean, stuff like that. I mean, Michael, I mean, we all respected Ray. We knew what he was going to bring 110% to the ring, and there was nothing but respect when he was going in, and when he was going to leave with respect going out. There was just no – I mean, we're going to fight. We're going to put up a fight. We're not going to go in there and lay down for Ray. We're coming at him at 110 to 2,000%. We're going to ground and pound. We're going to do whatever, claw scratch, whatever, because Ray's not a pushover. But my client, Morgan, might have been a little short, but there's one thing he forgets. There's something that Ray's never done. It's held a lot of championships, but Ray's never beat cancer either, and that's what makes him better than you know Ray Ivey. Okay. Well, I mean, obviously, you know, I will say this with uh, all due respect intended, you know, definitely, you got to say, if you're going up against uh, Ray Ray, not a better position and not a better brain trust to have around you than uh, Josh Cross and Insane Shane, uh, Excalibur, and even Morgan Williams, because of the wealth of knowledge that those gentlemen will be able to impart upon you whenever you uh, get ready to step inside that squared circle against uh, Ray Ray or the Suicide King, whoever you could possibly go up against there with Ray. But Double J, we're coming towards the end of this thing. Is there any final thoughts as we head into uh, this Saturday night in the Valiant Arena that you want to share with the audience? And uh, the fans of the ASWF. I got something I want to put out here. I've been waiting all night long, uh, and the guys are super excited about. There's going to be a new look for the Infamous Inc. coming out, but also not just for the Infamous Inc. Michael, I know you're. you're some of y'all, have, I've done a lot of stuff in the past, but this is something you need to take every from from the time that. From here on out, I just let's go put it. Let's go ahead and put it like peanut butter and jelly, and just eat it like this. Let's just go ahead and put it out like this. From here on out, we're going to look phenomenal. I mean, we're going to have an upload look coming this Saturday. Not just the ink, but you fans, the ride or die infamous ink fans, can also be a part of this. Okay, so what I'm saying is this Saturday night live at ASWF. 
there's going to be a merchandise table. That's right, merchandise table, infamous ink shirts. We're only starting out. Look, I wanted to start out small, but there's huge things coming. And this is not a, just a, a false that goes away statement, but there are huge things coming. So we got five extra large, I do believe, and, and then five two X shirts. It's going to say infamous ink. You can ju- look just like the ink. And if there's anybody that needs more shirts or or needs a bigger size, I have a personal agent that's going to be there this Saturday night. It's going to be selling merchandise there. They will write down your name and your phone number, and we're going to take a lot of, uh, uh, I guess, uh, names and phone numbers, and we're going to get, get everything made up again. And then the following two weeks after this Saturday, we're going to bring more merchandise in. I'm talking about not just shirts. We're going to work on They've been calling me and letting me know there's more stuff coming, Michael. So, but starting this Saturday, our ride or die hard infamous ink fans, you won't, you know, you love the the Morgan Williams, the Insane Shane, the Excaliburs. You love Josh and Cassie. Can't leave them out. And of course, you can also look like the handsome man he is himself, our personal security, Gary Swift. And we're all going to be infamous inked out. It's the ink thing in the show. To show the right race and to show the, the Brad Hicks and the Joey Brits that you're on the infamous ink side, and if you're not wearing the colors, then you're against us. But $15, Michael, $15 for extra large and 2X. And if you want a, if you need a 3X and a 5X, we got to order them, and they'll be $20. We'll take your name and your phone number to let you know when they come in, and then, then we'll respect the, the payment due at the next show. That being said, Michael, my clients, we're all prepared. We're all ready for this Saturday. We're all socked up. We are still going to be working on some things this week. I got a big, huge conference meeting with them tomorrow and looking out. And, Michael, and then I'm, I know you're probably looking at me as a great gratitude, but as business is business on Rock Talk Radio 49, I'm professional. And I will tell you, phenomenal job. I would vote it for you for announcer of the year of ASWF and promotion of the year. I see that up there as well. Hope that gets out there. Fans, go vote. Michael, you tell them where they can vote again. I forgot that little website. No, God forgive me. I've been so busy here at the compound. But it's for Infamous Inc. And all the guys in the Inc. And myself, the CEO of Infamous Inc. We'll see you this Saturday night. Well, the infamous one did allude to it, and I do want to let you fans that want to go out and vote for our ASWF superstars that are in the polls. Uh, it's Wrestle Talk Radio on Facebook. You have to join the page to be able to vote, but go ahead and go on over there and uh, vote and, uh, you know, bring some of these awards home to Tuckerman, Arkansas, and the ASWF. Ladies and gentlemen, I can't stress this enough. You're not going to want to miss a single show between now and April 6th. This is not the time to want to stay home. This ain't the time to want to, you know, have a night in. You're not going to want to miss a single moment of what's going to happen over the next just a little over a month uh, here in the ASWF. We've got not that long left, and everybody is jockeying for a position on this card, the biggest card in the history of the ASWF. And this Saturday night, we're going to fill it out a little bit more. Uh, be there 7 p.m., uh, 201 Highway 367 North in Tuckerman, Arkansas. 
make sure to have your $5. Get in the door. Kids six and under, you're going to be absolutely free. You have no reason to not want to come out. You can't find any uh, quality entertainment of this level for this price anywhere else in the state of Arkansas or honestly in the country for that matter. Uh, for this price, but ladies and gentlemen, make sure to be there this Saturday night at the Valiant Arena for another great ASWF show, and for my broadcast colleague, Cornbread, for the infamous CEO, infamous Double J, and for our fill-in tonight, uh, Mr. Brad Hicks, I'm the voice of the ASWF, Michael Carnahan, and I will see you this Saturday night at the show. 